You are Locked On Raiders, your daily Oakland Raiders podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten. He wears a hooded sash with a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. Trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And won. What's going on, Raider Nation? Welcome into Friday. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast. I'm your boy Q. You can find me on Twitter at all times at your boy Q254. I appreciate all the, the new follows that I've been getting and uh, all the messages that I've been receiving by way of Twitter. Definitely appreciate that. Again, you can hit me up if you are on Twitter. If you're on that cesspool that is called Twitter, you can hit me up at your boy Q254. I appreciate you. And uh, at the end of segment number one, I'm actually going to have a little something, something to say about Twitter and some things that have been going on as of late that aren't really Raiders related, but I'll, I'll speak on it at the end of segment number one. But coming into this Today's show, I feel real good, feel comfortable about the weekend. I'm excited about the weekend. Going to have a fun, uh, exciting you know, weekend for myself. i got a lot of work to do. Uh, tonight I'm going to be at a high school football playoff game out in uh, Pflugerville. It's going to be a really good game, so I'll do that. And then, uh, boom, Saturday morning I'll be at a, a D3 a college football playoff game, and then boom, Sunday, be able to relax and chill and watch the Raiders and the Tennessee Titans. So very excited. The weekend should be fun, and, and of course it is. And then next week, I cannot wait to be in Oakland, California, hanging out. I think, I th- I think I'm even going to go get my haircut once I get to Cali. Normally, I'd get my haircut before I leave, but I think I'm going to get my haircut once I get to Cali. I think I'm going to go over to Gums Barbershop, uh, see Gigi. She used to cut my hair back in the day when I lived in Cali, and so I think I'm going to go back there, say what's up to the folks at the barbershop, and uh, yeah, get my haircut, and then uh, be ready for the weekend, be ready for uh, that game on Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars as we close down the Coliseum. It's going to be a whole lot of money. Hopefully everyone has gotten their money in already uh, for the tailgate party. I think there's over like 160 people that are registered to go or, or scheduled to go and uh, I, I know most of the people have gotten their money in. If you have not, go to my Twitter right now and it's pinned at the very top of the of my Twitter uh, at your boy Q254 and you can click on the PayPal right there. Get your money, take care of your business so you can enjoy you know the fun festivities that we're going to have on December 15th at the Oakland Coliseum. So for today's show, what we're going to do, segment number three, your call straight off the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. A lot of folks are responding to what Vader Raider asked on Thursday about what do you see in Derek Carr. A lot of answers on what do you see in Derek Carr, Raider Nation. That's coming up in segment number three. Segment number two, you know, traditionally on Fridays, I like to go ahead and hit you with the the game plan, hit you with the keys to the game. What do I think that the Raiders need to do to make sure that they win this game on Sunday, both offensively and defensively? What has to happen? That's going to come up in segment number two. And here in segment number one, I'd like to give you the news and the notes of the day. Uh, just going to kind of go over the injury report from uh, Thursday. Obviously, the Raiders still have a practice later on today, but kind of want to give you and give you an update on where everyone is as far as injuries go, and then a little bit of news and nuggets that I want to give you as well and pass along before we jump into segment number two and talk about the keys to the game. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Trent Brown, that was a guy that I talked about, the right tackle. I talked about him quite a bit on Thursday, something I wanted to pay attention to, what was going on with him. He did not participate in Wednesday's practice. Well, on Thursday, Trent Brown, the right tackle, did not participate as well. Uh, He's dealing with that pec injury, but... 
The good news, Raider Nation, is offensive coordinator Greg Olson, he actually met with the media following practice, and he said he feels like Trent Brown's going to be healthy and ready to go on Sunday. So that's a good sign. But, again, you got to be a little bit cautious because he did not practice on Wednesday, did not practice on Thursday, and, again, he's dealing with a pec injury, which is new. Because, again, throughout the season he's dealt with ankle injuries, knee injury, calf injury. Now he has a pec injury, and that might be something that he cannot deal with. Also, a guy who did not participate in Thursday's practice, that was uh, Gabe Jackson, the right guard. He's dealing with a knee injury. That's something that he's been dealing with all season long. He's been dealing with that ever since uh, training camp. He uh, he didn't participate either. I have pretty good confidence. I feel pretty good about him participating on Sunday. I'm sure he'll be in the game. Also, running back Josh Jacobs, he didn't participate. He's dealing with that shoulder injury. It's been fractured ever since week seven. But offensive coordinator Greg Olson said the team would never, ever put him in harm's way as far as health goes. And uh, the training staff has done a great job having him ready week in and week out. So it sounds like it's going to be some, uh, somewhat of the same. They're probably just limiting him during practice because there's no reason for him to bang up that shoulder anymore than what he's doing already in the games. And so uh, I'm sure that running back Josh Jacobs is going to be ready to go out there. And uh, look, he's taking a lot of carries. He's taking a lot of carries and a lot of hits all season long. And remember, Raider Nation, he was never a starter. He was not a starter at Alabama. He was a guy who would come in and take reps here and take reps there. He never had a lot of tread on his tires. So he's doing a lot this season. So continue to watch him. Just see how he goes, you know, because again, this is his rookie year. A lot of times they talk about that rookie wall. Well, he hasn't hit it yet at all, and uh, that's a good thing, and, and hopefully he doesn't hit it. I mean, they got four more games left to go. Hopefully he's able to be at full strength, but they're going to have to kind of monitor him, especially throughout practice, and I'm okay with that. If you if you go ahead and monitor him throughout practice and he's ready to go on Sundays, that is a good thing as far as I'm concerned. So we'll see what goes on with Josh Jacobs on Sunday, but I'm pretty stinking confident that he will be out there. And speaking of Josh Jacobs... Oh, wait, hold on. Before I get to Josh Jacobs, before I continue with Josh Jacobs, uh, center Rodney Hudson and safety LaMarcus Joyner, they were limited as they deal with an ankle for Rodney and a hamstring for LaMarcus. Uh, I, I kind of feel like both of those guys are going to play. Now, real quick, let me get back to Josh Jacobs. I just wanted to get through that injury report real quick. But uh, Josh Jacobs, he won Offensive Rookie of the Month for the month of November, and that's the second month in a row that he's won that award. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, man, he's running his way right into the Offensive Rookie of the Year award, something I said he was going to receive. I called it before he, he ever took one snap in the league I said that I felt like he was going to win that award he was going to get a guy or he was going to be the guy that got the most opportunities to be on display and he really has I mean going back to what I just said about a minute ago he's been able to carry the load for the Raiders all season long and the games that he's been able to carry the ball 15 16 18 20 times you know the Raiders have done really well the games that he's carried the rock 10 times 8 times 11 times whatever They've probably lost, you know, but he's, he's done really well. So for the month of November, he had 485 yards from scrimmage, averaging 97 yards a game. He had 441 rushing yards and three touchdowns. So Josh Jacobs, again, doing a really good job uh, for the Raiders this rookie year, and I definitely believe he's going to win Rookie of the Year as far as Offensive Rookie of the Year awards go. And I know he doesn't care about that, and, and you've heard him say it multiple times. He don't care about none of those awards, but he is on his way to receiving that. Also, Deshaun Kaiser. He was the third-string quarterback. He's been elevated to the backup quarterback position. Mike Glennon, who was the backup, awful Mike Glennon, he's now the third-string guy. And I'm sure that his performance against the Jets didn't help. I mean, he fumbled a bunch of snaps. He's been demoted. Deshaun Kaiser is now the backup. And look, he's not like he's been named the starter. I mean, he's the backup. So there's a chance that you don't even see him in the game. But... There's a chance, similar to what happened in the Jets game, where Derek Carr gets pulled and, you know, the game's out of reach and he throws a a backup in there. Well, Deshaun Kaiser will get an opportunity to go out there and play. And look, he started. 
He started in this league. I mean, he started multiple times. I mean, remember this. He was a second-round pick in 2017 out of Notre Dame. He was drafted by the Browns. Then he was traded to the Packers. He was released to the final cutdowns in August and signed on uh, September 1st in 2019 with the Raiders. But in 2017 with the Browns, he started 15 games. He threw for 2,986 yards, 11 touchdowns, but he had 22 interceptions. My man threw for less than 3,000 yards, had 11 touchdowns and 22 interceptions. He did add 77 rushing attempts for 419 yards and five TDs. He fumbled the ball nine times and lost six of them. With Green Bay, he basically did a whole lot of nothing. (laughs) He played in three games, like basically mop-up duty, and again, did nothing, had a couple interceptions, no touchdowns. Uh, Again, nothing really to talk about in Green Bay. Uh, There's a reason why they released him, but uh, if he gets an opportunity to, to play, We'll see what he has, but it's just interesting that the Raiders decided to put Mike Glennon in at number three and uh, move Deshaun Kaiser up to number two. Does that make me feel comfortable? No. If D.C. goes down, the Raiders are in trouble, regardless. Regardless who's in there, if D.C. goes down. But it's, it's just funny to see how this kind of rotating door is with, uh, with the backup quarterbacks for the Raiders. I mean, you remember they had Nate Peterman. He's on IR. Mike Glennon, he's awful, and I think everyone in Raider Nation knows exactly who Mike Glennon is and what he's capable of. And then you got Deshaun Kaiser, which is a big kind of unknown, even though you know what he did in 2017 with the Browns. Now, I was going to tell you about some social media, like just nonsense, a bunch of uh, how, how social media, Twitter and all that could be a total cesspool. I'll get to that at another point because I just got an update about the, the tailgate party on, on the 15th and I definitely want to go ahead and pass this on. So let me go ahead and pass this information on right now. Uh, people that are trying to to hit up that PayPal account. Remember I mentioned at the earlier part of the show about uh, the, the link is right there on my Twitter account at your boy Q254 and it's actually right there on it at the very top, pinned to the top. Well, apparently PayPal shut down that link because it was uh, on Chinese time, according to my guy Rob. And so he says uh, it was a full day ahead. So it actually shut down uh, yesterday. So if anyone still needs to pay and want to contribute money to the, the tailgate for next week, you actually got to reach out to Anna Direct. Or you could text her or give her a call at 925-301-7963. Again, 925-301-7963. That's reaching out to Anna direct, and uh, she'll take care of uh, of the rest. But just go ahead and hit her up, and make sure you take care of the business side of things so you can get that um, that money in and enjoy the tailgate party with us next Sunday at the Coliseum. It is going to be on and popping. Coming up next, going to be talking about the game. Going to get back to football, going to get back to sports, get back to the Raiders, talking about the game, talking about the, the game plan, talking about what I think the keys to the game will be for the Raiders to come out of Sunday out of the Coliseum with a victory over the Titans. So that's coming up next on the Locked On Raiders podcast. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast is Friday edition. That's right, Friday, baby. Getting ready for the weekend, getting ready for this game on Sunday. Very excited about it. The 6-6 six and six Raiders face off against the 7-5 and five Tennessee Titans, a team that comes in on fire. Winners of three state straight, and the Raiders have lost two in a row. So there's some streaks that are on the line. Obviously, the Raiders would like to break their streak, and the Tennessee Titans would like their streak to continue. And matter of fact, it's very, very important. Well, it's an important game for both teams, but very important game for Tennessee because Houston is looking really good in the AFC South, and they need to go ahead and try to keep pace while they can because they do have two games upcoming against the Houston Texans. And if they're trying to make a playoff run, they're going to need to go ahead and continue to win as many games as possible, especially in the AFC, and try to steal a couple games or steal at least one game away from Houston. Houston. They got them coming up like two out of the next three weeks. So they really have their work cut out for them. But uh, right now, first thing first, the only thing that matters is this game on Sunday, Tennessee versus Oakland. And I, I just I want to break down and give you what I think my keys or I know what my keys are. I just want to share my keys to the game for you offensively and defensively. 
for the Raiders. And you know what? There's been a lot of Derek Carr talk this week, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start defense. I'm going to start talking with the defense, and uh, there was times that you know we saw the defense look pretty decent against the Kansas City Chiefs, and then uh, after a couple turnovers and some unfortunate turn of events for the Raiders, the defense was just out there too much, and they gave up a whole bunch of points, a lot of short fields for the Chiefs and, and stuff like that. So I'm going to really go ahead and just key in on what the defense needs to do to try to really slow down this Tennessee attack. And, you know, Ryan Tannehill is now the quarterback for Tennessee. It's not Marcus Mariota. He's been sent to the bench. And Ryan Tannehill is 3-0 and against the Raiders in his career. And that was when he was with the Miami Dolphins. But what you heard on Wednesday from the crossover edition was the fact that he doesn't mind slinging the ball around. He doesn't mind throwing the ball in some tight windows. He doesn't mind just going ahead and, and letting it rip and believe that his guys are going to make the play. He doesn't mind doing that, which is great because the defense of the Raiders have an opportunity to make plays. Now, They've got to be up there and they got to be sticky with the wide receivers. They got to be, they got to be on those wide receivers. The, the defensive backs, they got to be there. They can't sit themselves up and, and let themselves get burned and, and hit, have Ryan Tannehill get them for a whole bunch of yards and, and stuff like that. They're going to have to be sticky, but he will give you that opportunity, especially if the Raiders can generate a pass rush. So a guy like Max Crosby, you know, games are always won in the trenches. So a guy like Max Crosby, a guy like, uh, you know, P.J. Hall, maybe even a Mo Hurst, you know, uh, Cleve Farrell, maybe these guys can come alive and, and get a couple sacks. This is a game, in my opinion, that the Raiders are going to need three-plus sacks. Three-plus sacks in this game and, and some real good pressure. Real good pressure on Ryan Tannehill and let him throw that ball up there in harm's way. And then a guy like a Trayvon Mullen, he's got to be able to come down with it. Hopefully he's been on the jugs machine because, you know, sometimes his hands are a little little suspect. He should have had a second interception of the year uh, last week against Kansas City. It got overturned. I said when he first started, started when he got the start and Garyon Conley got moved to Houston, I said he was going to have three interceptions on the season. So far he has one, but he's had the opportunity to have like five. <laughs> he just hasn't come down with them all, so he's only come down with one of them. I think that he's going to have to have a big game. He's going to have to make sure he doesn't have any penalties. You know, he's going to have to try to play penalty-free. That's something that's really got to improve in the secondary. They can't have pass interferences. They can't have, you know, uh, the, the five-yard uh, holdings, the, the you know, um, unnecessary, not unnecessary roughness, but the, the, uh, the hits, you know, like uh, illegal contacts, those that give you automatic first downs. You can't have those kind of penalties. They really have got to cut out the penalties on the defensive side of the ball. You know, the, the pre-snap penalties, the, the offsides, there's no reasons for that. No reasons for those offsides. All you got to do is watch the ball. Absolutely just watch the ball. So you can't be giving the, the other team free yards. So the defense has to stay on sides. They can't have pass interference and illegal contact and holding. The, anything that's going to allow a team to get a free first down, they cannot do that. When they get in third and long, they got to tighten up their chin strap and get it done. Get off the field on third down. You know, if it's third and long, get off the field. Three plus sacks. Max Crosby, I'm going to need you to get a couple. You saw Khalil Mack. He was pretty active on, uh, on Thursday night for the Bears. I'm going uh, to need to see Max Crosby come alive and, and, and get a sack or two, preferably like two. I'd love to see Max Crosby come away with a couple, uh, a few quarterback hits, you know, some hurries, whatever. I'd like to see Max Crosby come alive. Again, he, he continues to, to wow me week after week just because of what he does. I mean, the work he puts in is tremendous. I, I really enjoy watching that young man play. So uh, I'd like to see more Max Crosby getting after the quarterback a couple times, getting Tannehill down on the ground. Now, you notice I haven't mentioned Derrick Henry yet because I think it really goes without mention. They're going to have to slow down Derrick Henry. If Derrick Henry starts churning, getting those wheels rolling, then all of a sudden the whole game gets opened up. You know what I mean? Then it makes it a lot more easy for Ryan Tannehill for that play-action pass. I mean, the, the, the Titans are very, very similar to the Raiders. I mean, they, they look almost like the same exact team. They want to get things going with the run that's going to set up the pass. That's what the Raiders want to do. They want to run the ball to set up the pass. 
The Titans don't have big-time weapons on the outside. They just got guys that are just trying to get it done. And right now, seven times this year, they've gotten it done. So these two teams very much mirror each other. So as just like the Raiders want Josh Jacobs to get rolling, the Titans want Derrick Henry to get rolling. Now, as you heard on, on Wednesday on the crossover edition, he's not that big of a threat as far as catching the ball in the backfield unless it's a screen pass. And that's a big, strong man. He's hard to bring him down if he gets rolling. So you can't let him get out in the open field or else he'll have one of those highlight reel type runs. And he has a bunch of those. You saw what he did against Kansas City, right? He had a monster game against Kansas City. That's how the Tennessee Titans came away with that victory. They've done something this year that the Raiders failed to do twice. And that's beat Kansas City. So uh, they can get it done. They, they have, this is a tough, tough game. This is not going to be a walk in the park. I know this is looked at as, oh, this is a very winnable game. And I picked this, the Raiders to win this game. Matter of fact, I picked them to win 24-21. But they're going to have to really earn it. Nothing's going to be given them in this game. But they're going to have to slow down that run. Derrick Henry can't have 100 yards. Uh, I, use, I use that 100 yards a lot of times as a benchmark. He can't have 100 yards rushing. Not saying it's impossible to beat a guy that has 100 yards rushing. Not saying that. But that, that's when you know that the Raiders are getting off the field if they can slow down Derrick Henry, not, not allow him to get 100 yards rushing. And then it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't open up the play-action pass for Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's not a guy who's going to just run around the yard and, and beat you with his feet. He's not going to do all that. Uh, he's not, he's not a, a, a statue either. He's not a guy who's just going to stand back there. He can, you know, third and three, whatever. He can, he can pick up the three yards, pick up the four yards, but he's just not going to, you know, run around the yard. He ain't no Lamar Jackson or none of them cats that are going to just run around the yard. Hell, he's not even Mitchell Trubisky that you saw, you know, you saw him uh, on Thursday night against the, the Bears and the Cowboys. He ain't even that guy as far as running the ball. But he can, he can you know, move around the pocket a little bit. But again, he has kind of that gunslinger mentality. So if you allow him to just... If you get pressure on him, he'll throw that ball up there and give you a chance. You just got to go make a play. This is a game where a LaMarcus Joyner, he might be able to make a couple plays. You know, Delaney Walker, the, the old school stud tight end, he ain't going to be playing. He's on IR. And there's a lot of things that the Raiders could take advantage of here. But at the same time, the same way that the Raiders like to, to, to butter their bread, that's the same way that the Titans like to butter their bread. I mean, it's almost like you're looking at the same exact team. You got to slow down the run. You got to get pressure on Ryan Tannehill, and you got to make the play when he allows you to. If if the ball's in the air and there's an opportunity, just like last week against Kansas City, there was a pick six opportunity for the Raiders, and they dropped it. Simply dropped the ball. If it's there, if they give you, if they make a mistake, you got to make them pay for it. It's one thing to knock the ball down and say, "Okay, well you have to punt now." It's fourth down. You got to punt. If you have an opportunity to get the ball and take it to the house, you got to do that. You've got to convert that. Trayvon Mullen, even, even him in, in, in against Houston. Remember he had that opportunity to get that pick six? Those are the plays that got to be made. That's what separates you know, teams that are trying to, to get to the P word and teams that are going to be in the P word. They make those plays. The defense is going to have to come up and make plays when given the opportunity. Now, I'm not saying that turnovers are, are guaranteed, but if you have that chance to make a turnover, create a turnover, you got to do that. you got to create turnovers when you're given the opportunity. I do believe Ryan Tannehill throws two interceptions on Sunday. And I do believe the Raiders keep Derrick Henry under 100 yards. It's going to be tough. It will not be easy. I don't even know. I think Eric Harris will, will get an interception. I'm going to call Eric Harris is going to get an interception, and I'm going to say Trayvon Mullen's going to make up for last week and get his second interception of the season. Those are the two guys that are going to get interceptions. Uh, Eric Harris, he usually has a way to, to take it back to the house, but I don't think he's going to take it back to the house, but he'll come up with a big interception on Sunday, and Trayvon Mullen gets his second one of the, the season because he only has a couple more games, and he's got to get three because I said he was going to get three. So it's just like that. And you know what? LaMarcus Joyner, I'd like to see him step up and have a pretty good game too. He's been a pretty much of a disappointment all season long. 
um, it would be nice to see him start to earn some of that free agent money. But I mean, it is what it is. So uh, that that's that's really the the keys to the game for me. And then offensively, guys, it's real easy. It's real easy. Run Josh Jacobs and and, and set up the play action pass yourself. Uh, continue to get uh, Darren Waller more involved. You know, and, and you heard on the on the crossover edition, they like to blitz, 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 blitz. So if that's what the case, if they're going to do that, John Gruden's offense, this, this is the perfect week to execute his offense. Because all they have to do is just dump the little quick passes. Boom, 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 boom. Just like little darts. Just like throwing darts. Instead of, you know, Derek Carr having to hold on to the ball, you know he gets rid of it quickly. If they're going to blitz you all day long, you've got to burn them. There's a reason why Paul Gunther doesn't want to blitz. Because you get burned. So if they're going to blitz you, if they're going to test you, if they're going to test your stones, you got to show them that you got those stones. Boom, boom, boom. Get that ball out of your hand. Get that ball to Darren Waller let him rumble. You know, uh, uh, Tyrell Williams, can you please stand up? Maybe Tyrell Williams can get some crossing routes going. I'd love to see a bunch of crossing routes go. There ain't going to be no Hunter Renfro out there, so you're not going to be able to see him make those plays. It's nice when he makes those plays. Because he catches in and run, catches in and stride. That's what the Raiders are going to need. They're going to need to get a guy, catch the ball, in space and go. This might be a day like Zay Jones can have a nice day. Trevor Davis obviously won't because he's in Miami now. <laughs> but I mean, you know, hell, uh, uh, who, who do they bring back now? Who, who is it? Uh, uh, Rico. Yeah, Rico Gafford. Maybe even Rico Gafford gets involved. Maybe, maybe Keelan Doss, the guy that everybody was freaking out when the Raiders didn't have him, when they let him go, when they cut him, and he went to Jacksonville. Maybe he could step up and do something. I'd like to see Keelan Doss, especially because he's got a pretty big body. And he's quick. If you can get him on a couple crossing routes, that'd be great. Maybe this is the day that Keelan Doss steps up. But it's got to have to be those short, intermediate routes because they're going to blitz all day long. So you got to burn them. And, it, and if, you know, you got to dump some passes off to Josh Jacobs or Jalen Richard, maybe this is a game Jalen Richard can get a bunch of nice passes and nice catches. You know, screen passes. If they're going to commit to coming at you, you got to burn them. I still think that Josh Jacobs needs to get, get going on the ground. But, again, if they – do everything they can to, to stop Josh Jacobs and they and, and they start doing all these blitzing, you've got to be able to you've got to be able to burn them. That's gonna be the key. Watch how much they blitz and how much the Raiders can take advantage of it. If they blitz, DC's gotta get that ball out of his hand quickly. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. You know how I like to say. So that's really, I mean, that's really my game plan. It really is. Hold Derek Carr Derek Carr. Hold Derek Henry under hundred yards. Simple. I mean it's not simple, but that's what I'm saying with him. Keep him under hundred yards, hit Ryan Tannehill a few times, make it uncomfortable for him. Three sack minimum. It's got to be a three sack game for the for the Raiders and two interceptions. One by Eric Harris and one by Trayvon Mullen. And then offensively, Derek Carr get that ball out of your hand quickly on short crossing patterns, short dump offs. I don't care if they blitz, burn them. And then of course run Josh Jacobs because who doesn't want to see Josh Jacobs run? Run, Jacobs, run. <laughs> That's as simple as it gets. Coming up in segment number three, your call. Straight off the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. What's on your mind? I know a lot of people are talking about uh, what Vader Raider said on Thursday's show. What are they seeing from D.C.? What do Raider Nation see from D.C.? We'll hear a lot of that coming up in segment number three. Before I get into that, though, I want to tell you one time about my bookie. Why? Because my bookie's fast, my bookie's easy, and, of course, they pay when you win. And let's face it, where you're betting, that's just as important as who you're betting on. I never, ever, ever am going to tell you to bet with someone who's not the best because that's your money, and I want to make sure that you win your money. So they are the best, so bet with them. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, do it with my bookie. And, again, I tell you all the time that you could bet on games after the kickoff. Again, the Cowboys got off to a good start on Thursday night, right? So maybe you had already bet on them, and then all of a sudden you saw the Bears, oh, hey, Cowboys don't look so good. Bears look like they're going to win this game. I think I'll take Chicago. You could do that, and you could win a lot of money. And if you're the kind of person that likes to bet a little and win a lot, you could do a parlay. If all those picks come through, you multiply your winnings. So no matter how you bet, 
You already know the NFL season is the best time of year, and MyBookie is the best place to do it. And right now, they'll double your first deposit if you open up an account at MyBookie.ag today. If you use the promo code what? Locked on. That's right. Promo code locked on. MyBookie.ag today, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Segment number three, it's on the way. You are locked on Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. It is your time to shine. Got those calls straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. You know the number, right? 707-654-4693. Really love that I'm able to bring these calls and put these calls onto the onto the show on a daily. And I really love and enjoy the fact that so many people call in and share their thoughts. I think it's such a great feature to the show. It's a lot of fun. Again, I like to kind of conduct this show like I do my radio show where I want to hear feedback from the audience. I want people to chime in on the show. It's not just about what I'm up here talking about. No, it's not just that. I want to hear what other folks have to say. I want to be able to respond. I want, you know what I mean? Like, that's just how it is. So I love this fact. I love this feature of this show. 707-654-4693. Ladies first. Ladies first. Let's start off with Mariah in Sacramento. She called in while sitting in traffic to respond to Vader Raiders call from Thursday's show about what does he and what do us fans see from Derek Carr? Here she is. Mariah in Sacramento. Hey Q, this is Mariah calling in again from Sacramento. I just finished listening to the podcast for Thursday and I'm sitting in some traffic, so I figured I'd give you a call. Uh, I believe it was Vader Raider that called in and, and asked about what we see in Derek Carr, and he talked a lot about fear um, in his eyes. And I just wanted to add my little two cents in. I'm so sick and tired of talking about Derek Carr. I think our problems go a little bit deeper than that. But that being said, I do think that he is an amazing player and an amazing addition to our team. And we do really need to look at how far we've come. What expectations did we have going into this season and where are we at now? We've already overcome so many obstacles and so many things that people didn't think we were going to do. But one thing that I did want to add was kind of what I observed in this uh, KC game last weekend. Derek Carr does a really good job of um, looking like he's real composed, but if you watch him and you watch those big, beautiful eyes that he has, he seems to get a little bit flustered. And I feel nervous watching him sometimes. He makes me nervous because I can see it in his eyes that he's nervous. So just kind of going back to what Vader Raider said, um, I get it. I 100% get it. Um, And I also do think that we need to – Stop being so hard on ourselves. Yes, we need to be hard on ourselves and go for those long-term goals, but we've already come a long way. We need to realize what this franchise is doing and what we have to look forward to because it is a building year and we've got good things coming. So that's it. That's my two cents for the week. I hope uh, everyone had a great Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas is coming. Go Raiders! I bet you $100. I bet you $100 to your $1 that Mariah has heard somebody say to her or someone has said to Mariah a bazillion times, me and Mariah go back like babies and pacifiers. I guarantee you a million people didn't say that to her. If she had a dollar for every time someone said that to her, she'd be rich. Mariah, if I'm wrong, if I'm lying, I'm dying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If I'm lying, I'm dying. I bet you, I almost bet you that you've had that plenty of times. But anyway, that's not what you called about. I just got... And you sidetracked. Anyway, but you do bring up some great points, 
And, um, you know, about Derek Carr and the expectation for the season, it wasn't playoffs, it wasn't Super Bowl, it wasn't for Derek Carr to be the MVP, it was just for D.C. to play better, you know, in year two of Chucky's system. Matter of fact, it was, and my expectations were for him to play better and show that he understands and knows what John Gruden wants him to do. And he has. He's done that. I've said that multiple times. Hey, you know, he clearly understands the offense. He's been checking out of plays. He's been setting Josh Jacobs up really well. He knows what John Gruden wants him to do. He wants him to protect the ball. He doesn't want him to get crazy with it. He doesn't want him to take a bunch of sacks. But he does want him to, you know, keep plays alive with his feet. He wants him to be a little bit more aggressive on the ground with his feet. And he's done that here and there. He doesn't, in my opinion, do it enough. And, uh, you know, kind of make those off-script plays. That's what he doesn't do. But, Again, you've seen the progress. You've seen that he has been better than he was in 2018 as far as understanding John Gruden's system. I just, and this is just me, and this is how this whole conversation started on Monday, and again, I hesitated to talk about it because I didn't want everyone to flip out and like have every little conversation be about Derek Carr and think that I'm saying that the Raiders are 6-6 six and six because Derek Carr failed. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that I think that the Raiders need to have a more dynamic guy, a more athletic guy who can make all the necessary throws, who is a leader, who has that strong work ethic, who can make the off-script plays, be ready behind Derek Carr. You know, don't set the Raiders up for failure like they did in between Rich Gannon and Derek Carr where they just had put in any name, put in any name, put in any name. Oh, this guy's going to work this time. This guy's going to – and none of them work. You've got to continue to build that roster. That's my opinion, and, and that's what I think that they need to do when they do that, and I think that this year would be a good time to do it. They need to do that and get that guy behind D.C. and let him groom behind D.C. like a lot of teams in the league do. So thank you so much for that call. You bring up a lot of good points. I appreciate it. No doubt about that. California Dave out of West Tennessee. He's calling next. He's calling to speak on D.C. as a Derek Carr fan. Also speaks on what P.E. in North Carolina had to say and talks about the draft and who he'd like to see instead of Jalen Hurts get drafted. Here he is, California Dave out of West Tennessee. What's going on, Q Nation? California Dave calling out of West Tennessee, y'all. Q, 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 Q. Man, did you open up a can of worms on unparking that car. But I'm with you, brother. I'm a D.C. fan. And I always will be a D.C. fan, but I'm looking at him sideways. In my opinion, it looks like he's lost his fire, his desire. I don't want to use the quit word, but it really looks like he's quit on the team. Understandable, you put in a lot of hard work, man, and things ain't working out. You get down on yourself. P.E. Spot. Ah, oh, brother, we are like the Flintstones trying to run around with the Jetsons. And on your point with Jalen Hurst, Q, I disagree. Don't want it. Don't want a quarterback in the draft at all. It'd be like uh, putting Dale Earnhardt Jr. in a Volkswagen bug. The car's still just going to do 90. We need to get players that fit the system. I'm hoping we get wide receivers and defense in the draft and our free agency. Well, Nation, let's see what we can do with these Titans because uh, there's one I'm from, Tennessee, so I get a lot of Titans news, and these guys are balling. So uh, love all y'all. Keep it up, man. But, yeah, man, I'm pretty sure this DC combo is going to go on for a week or two, brother. Peace out. I agree. I understand that they need way more players, but 
if at some point, just like I just said a minute ago, if you don't start drafting quarterbacks or have a quarterback who you feel could be the successor, then all of a sudden you have nothing, again, you're right back where you are before the Raiders even drafted Derek Carr. Remember pre-2014, all the questions? Remember with the, when the Raiders were going out and, and, and signing free agents? Remember, uh, uh, who was it, uh, Matt Schaub? Remember Matt Flynn? Remember those cats? They were spending money on those guys because they didn't have a quarterback. They have a guy. But why get caught in the dirt? Why get, or not in the dirt, but out in the cold? Okay, let's put it like this. And there's no pun intended here at all. It just, it just, it just happened to pop in my head. Is it not smarter to have car insurance before you get in a car accident? Or would you rather have car insurance after? Try to scramble and get it afterwards. I mean, that's a no-brainer. It's obviously smarter to have car insurance. It's encouraged to have car insurance. It's actually required by law to have car insurance before you get in an accident. Well, what's the difference? How about you have some insurance behind D.C.? Well, I'm just saying, what, what, what's wrong with that? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Next call is from Victor in Cali. He's calling to respond to Vader Raiders' call about what Raider Nation sees in Derek Carr and also speaks on what he wants in a quarterback and how that pertains to Derek Carr. Here he is, Victor in Cali. Hey, Q, Victor from Cali. Uh, wanted to respond to Vader Raider. You know, he asked, uh, what do we see in Derek Carr? Well, first I want to respond by saying what I want in a quarterback. What I want is, first and foremost, a cerebral quarterback that can read a defense. That is so important. I don't care what your talent level is. Know how to check out a plays, know what plays to check into. I want an accurate quarterback, one that can drop dimes on receivers. And I want a quarterback with a big arm. And I want a quarterback that's a leader that the team will play for. And I want one that's not a head case that's causing problems off the field. And Derek Carr checks all those boxes. Um, I, I totally agree with you, Q. We should draft a quarterback. Jalen Hurts is fine with me. That doesn't mean he's going to transition into the NFL and be the guy we all hope to pray for. We may have to draft one for the next three or four years. But that's a good plan. And you pointed out the Patriots do that. And that's why the Patriots have uh, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I hate to say that. I'm not a fan of Tom Brady. Um, but you don't know until you draft a guy, get him in your uniform, and start working him out and seeing what he does. And that goes for the ones drafted first overall. Well, we know that. We made that mistake. So there's no guarantees when you bring a quarterback in. But what we don't want to do is blow Derek Carr out until we know we've got somebody better to replace them, just like Kansas City did, Patrick Mahomes. That's when you get rid of a talented quarterback. You don't get rid of them or blow them out or trade them away and then hope you can find somebody better. And then we're headed for disaster. What we need to do first I think, is take care of areas of bigger need. Right now, our defense couldn't cover a bed with a blanket. They're horrible. People run all over the field, and they're, they're wide open. Um, we don't have receivers that can separate and get open. Get those things, you'll be surprised how much better Derek Carr starts looking. Um I'm all for fixing the areas of bigger need first with our draft capital. If we can spend a second or third 
on a uh, you know future prospect because that's all any quarterback is coming out of a out of college. I don't care where you draft them; they're a prospect until they prove otherwise. I'm all for that. I like that call. I really do, Victor. Appreciate that. Um, and yeah, again, you definitely want to have a guy in place. You mentioned that, and, and it's something I learned a long time ago. It's almost like having a job. You don't leave a job without a job. So you don't want to ditch the quarterback without having a quarterback, right? And I'm not saying ditch Derek Carr. I'm just saying have a have a plan in place. Have a succession plan in place just because you know that you're going to need to improve that position at some point. Okay, Derek Carr, again, has done some really good things. Most important thing, he stabilized that position, the quarterback's position, since he was drafted in 2014. You've got to get a dude behind him. Not Deshaun Kaiser, not Mike Glennon, not Nate Peterman. You've got to have a dude behind him. I don't want to see Teddy Bridgewater, not Cam Newton, not Marcus Mariota. I mean, don't you know what I mean? Like, not Nick Foles. I want to see a dude. Go out, draft you a dynamic dude, let him sit behind Carr, and let him learn. Man, I'm telling you, it is not it is not rocket science. We're not having brain surgery here. It's just smart, smart team building. Simple as that. Next up, my guy T3 Raider Facts with his five quick hits of the day, and all of them have to do with the game on Sunday and what it's going to take for the Raiders to win. Here he is, T3 Raider Facts. This is T3 Raider Facts with my five quick hits for the day, sharing with you my five keys for the Raiders to pick up a big and much-needed victory in Alameda on Sunday. Number one, Josh Jacobs will definitely get fed, but I think the short passing game is ripe for the picking. Last week, the Titans' middle of the defense was picked apart early by Brissett and the West Coast passing attack. They were really cooking with grease early, as Key might say. Now, if the Raiders open it up with Waller and Moreau, throw a couple of quick ends to Ty Williams, a couple of swing passes to Jalen Richard, and even a banana or two to Eagle, the Raiders can assert control early and then open it up for Mr. Jacobs to seal the deal. Number two, yes, Derrick Henry is a big and bad and scary beast, but he also puts the ball on the ground every once in a while. He did against the Colts early last week. Now, if we can get that early turnover and convert it into seven points this Sunday, not three, and then play from ahead instead of playing from behind, it will make a huge difference, especially with the home crowd at its back, which I will mention later. Number three, Tannehill must go down, and he must go down hard. If the pressure is there, some of his hard throws are going to get tipped or even jumped. I think the potential is there for three picks on the day and perhaps two to three sacks. If Tannehill is harassed consistently, I think you'll see the same quarterback that faltered and failed in Miami, not the one who took over for another failing and faltering quarterback in Tennessee. Number four, Derek Carr. Love him or hate him, this will be his redemption game. He's got a lot to prove this week to himself, to his team, to the city of Oakland, and to the legions of Raider Nation fans. I think it's safe to say that the whole Carr conversation has been officially unparked, but this Sunday could be the one shining moment when all things come together and the Raiders put together their best game of the season. Number five, speaking of the city of Oakland, I so wish I could be there. When it gets right down to it, and you know that there are only two games left in that wonderful, horrible stadium, the atmosphere will be absolutely electrifying. Somebody please let me know who gets the honor of lighting the torch. I love Oakland. Let's send the city and the team out in style. Bring the party, bring the noise, and remember the Titans as they head home with an L. Okay, Nation, I just had knee surgery, so I'll be laid up, but I'll be tuned in to watch the entire game and linked up with some of you throughout. Here's my prediction. This will be the Raiders' breakout game and the team's biggest win of the season, 38-20 to Raiders, and back to a winning record. Believe and share my passion, baby.
Nice. I like those keys to the game. And really, it's exactly what I said pretty much in segment number two. Tannehill's got to get sacked. He's got to get hit. He's got to get pressure put on him. Turnovers. He's going to throw a couple or at least give you an opportunity to create a couple. Bottle up Derrick Henry early. And on offense, short passing game to to defend against the Titans in their blitzing defense. So, uh, yeah, absolutely, man. You go with that short passing game, those, those blitzing Titans, man, you can burn them and burn them in a major way. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think the game's going to be closer than you do. I picked 24-21. You got him at 38-20. If that's the case, the Raiders might just go ahead and trot out Deshaun Kaiser. Might just go ahead and let him get a little bit of burn in there and mop up duty. And, and that would be kind of cool to see, right? So, uh, yeah, man, uh, good to hear that your surgery went well. And I hope you heal up really, really nicely and really quickly. And uh, enjoy watching the game on Sunday. Appreciate the call. Eddie from East L.A., he's up next. He's calling in to somewhat co-sign what I said about keeping Carr around and, and groom someone behind him. And also speaks on his happiness level with the team right now. Here he is, Eddie from East L.A. Hey, Q, this is uh, Eddie from East L.A. Uh, been a good minute since I've called in. Uh, just calling quick, uh, I think I agree with you as far as uh, – if they do decide to move on from Derek Carr, um, whether it be Jalen Hurts or another quarterback they take in the draft, I think uh, it, it is important that they probably keep Carr. Probably not what Raider Nation wants to hear, but um, that he, he, it's important to have somebody that knows the system and can pass it on to the next guy up. Um, I think, um, you know, another thing that I would want to say is uh, I know most Raider Nation has been down these couple weeks or um, some people had high expectations for the team. Um, I'm kind of not one of them. I didn't really expect much, um, even before the whole Antonio Brown happened. Like, I wasn't too sure where this team was going to be. Uh, so to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, happy where they're at right now. Um, no matter where the season ends, um, I think the Raiders are, the future is bright. The young guys that are going to lead this organization. It's it's a good thing, and I'm, what Mayock and Gruden have done is nothing but positive. I think this is the first time in a long time where I'm pretty excited going into the off season and knowing that they're going to do something really good in the draft. I mean, what they did in this draft and just knowing that they're going to do something even better in the next draft, I think uh, the organization is just in good hands as far as, like, the young guys that are uh, going forward. So, uh, you know, no matter what happens, man, it's just going to be silver and black all day. Um, thanks for the time, Q, and just win, baby. That's a really good call. Really good call, Eddie. I, I totally agree, and I'm happy with the team right now, too. Hell, they're 6-6 six and six right now with an opportunity. I mean, they could run the table and be 10-6. and six. Do I think they're going to run the table? No, probably not. But, again, if they if, if finish the season anywhere from 8-8 eight and eight and 9-7, and seven, that's great. That's a great season. This team was 4-12. and 12. I see the improvement. I see the guys that are a lot better. I see the foundation laid, the rookies that are there. I, I feel really good about a lot of this team moving forward. Do they need some more help? Hell yeah. But do I feel good about what I see right now? Hell yeah. You know, like EA Ski said, hell yeah. Remember that joint? Yeah, that was the joint. Man, sometimes I do miss being a hip-hop DJ. But yeah, that was, anyway, that was the joint. But yeah, Eddie, thank you, thank you so much for that call, man. I appreciate you. Nico in North Jersey. I knew he was going to call pretty soon. He's calling to speak on what Vader Raider said or ask Raider Nation about what they see in Derek Carr. And as always, my man Nico was fired up. Here he is, Nico in North Jersey. Yo, Q, Raider Nation. It's your boy Nico from North Jersey. I'm just responding to Vader Raider's call about what we see in Derek Carr. Let me tell you what I see. I see a leader both on and off the field. On the field, a guy that takes control of the huddle, has his teammates full belief in him. Off the field, Everything you could ever want 
in a quarterback. A mature guy. And has never been in any trouble. I see a culture changer. A perfect locker room guy. No teammate has ever had anything bad to say about Derek Carr. I see a guy with elite arm talent. He can make any throw on the field. There's not a throw he cannot make. Is he doing Houdini stuff like Patrick Mahomes throwing with his left hand? No. But he can make any throw in the pocket on the field, on the run, on the field. I see a cerebral quarterback, a very smart quarterback that takes very good care of the football. He doesn't get enough props for such a low turnover rate. Both interceptions and fumbles, he takes good control of the ball. I see a quarterback with elite potential. A guy that won 12-3 and and was the MVP candidate with two 1,000-yard receivers. How many active quarterbacks can say that? Hell, how many past quarterbacks in NFL history can say they went 12-3 and with an MVP candidate with 2,000-yard receivers? Not many. I see a passionate quarterback, one that shows fight and only cares about winning, not stats. One that will play through anything he's allowed to play for injury-wise. One that missed one game with three broken vertebrae. Finally, I see a guy with the clutch factor, and that's what I want in my quarterback. With the game on the line in the fourth quarter, not many quarterbacks I'd rather have than Derek Carr. Guy's got 18 fourth-quarter comeback wins and 19 game-winning drives. Again, how many quarterbacks can say that? That's what I see in Derek Carr. I'm out. Hey, man, that's a lot of good points. And I, and you know what? I can't say that I disagree with you. I cannot say that I disagree with you. I don't think Derek Carr will ever be elite, but I do think he's good. I think he's damn good. And I do think that late in games, he has that clutch gene. I mean, really, for the, for the comebacks that Derek Carr has had in his career, he, he's, you've got to have some clutch gene. That doesn't happen on accident. It just doesn't. You know, um, Would I like to see him add another element to his game? Yeah, I would. I'd like to see him do some stuff with his legs, but that's just not in him. That's not who he is. Would I like to see that element added to Gruden's offense? Yes. Yes, I would. Again, look around the league. Look what Mitchell Trubisky did to the Cowboys. Look what Mitchell Trubisky did to the Cowboys Thursday night. And he's not even that good. Matter of fact, at the end of this segment, I'm gonna, I, I had a guy on, and I don't mean to take away from your call, Nico. I had a guy on uh, on ESPN Central Texas on Thursday, uh, Rich Campbell. He's been on this podcast before talking about the Bears. He covers the Bears. And I asked him, you'll hear the question at the end of the podcast. I asked him about Mitchell Trubisky and where, you know, where, 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 where the fan base is, where the Bears are, where's the confidence in him as the quarterback. And it'll be, it's just interesting to hear what he says. And look, I'm not saying Mitchell Trubisky is Derek Carr or Derek Carr is Mitchell Trubisky, but I just, I just want you to hear, I just want you to hear what, what Rich had to say about Mitchell Trubisky. And it's funny because when he was answering the question, like a part of me just, I, I, I there's th- parts of what he says, I, I heard Derek Carr. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's, it's just crazy like that. But anyway, uh, the one thing I will point out, Nico, that, that you said, uh, you talked about everything great that Derek Carr does, but you didn't point out anything. Any kind of any of his flaws, and if we're going to talk about what we see from Derek Carr, unless you see no flaws at all, which I, I I find hard to believe that you see no flaws, then you should point that out. Because look, there are negatives. Cold weather games doesn't do well. Losing in Kansas City that happens. Look at the record. If protection's not there, he'll fold a lot. Can't really improvise. Not all that stuff his fault. It's just just what it is. So you know a, a lot of good stuff from DC. I do see a lot of good stuff. But I do see some stuff that I would like to see improved as well. So thank you so much for that call. Sorry that I got a little sidetracked, a little squirrely, but you know how your boy gets down sometimes. Next call, Raider Dan in the Bay. He's calling in to talk about what he sees in Derek Carr and how he feels it's not what I see from Derek Carr. Here's a good one. Here's Raider Dan in the Bay. Hey, what's up, Q? It's um, Raider Dan. We're here in the Bay Area. I just want 
touch some, on some bases over here. I'm, you know, uh, I see Carr as a whole different person than, than when you see. You know, Carr, he is where he is, okay? Um, he don't have no wide receivers. I mean, back in the days when Gruden had his prime offense, he had two 1,000-yard receivers, you know, uh, Rice and, and Tim Brown. I don't see no wide receivers helping this guy. And then the few times that the the running backs and the tight ends, you know, they're not doing very much. It's a, it's a, it's a three-step progress. You know, one, two, three, okay, throw the ball, throw the ball. It's so simple. And then the offense, you know, back in the day, they had a whole bunch of motion going on. You know, you know they, they confused the defense. I mean, right now, as soon as the offense got set, defense was talking to each other like, okay, yeah, this is coming. We're going to jump this route and then bam. So I think a lot of this, a lot of Gruden, uh, cars, cars, uh, downsliding is because the Gruden can't coach right, right now. You know, um, Gruden did a great job in the beginning. He, you know, AB screwed him over, and uh, we did the run, and you know, we did the the, the short passes and everything. But Gruden has to take it to another level now. I mean, I know that we don't have the wide receivers to do it, but it, it, it's becoming so predictable for the for the deep for the offense. You know, I don't think it. I don't think it falls on Gruden. I mean, I'm, I mean, sorry, but I don't think it falls on the car. You know, it falls on Gruden because Gruden can't create a, a different offense. It's so simplistic. You know, you know, you run, you run, and then you do a little simple three yard step back and then you release. And then you, you pretty much know who you're going to because of formation. You know, I mean, the wide receivers have to be involved in the offense. They have to stretch the, I mean, the stretch the offense out. But anyway, uh, I'll screw this all up. But anyways, have a good one. Like I've said multiple times, and I'll say it again, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> I agree that the team needs more weapons. I agree the offense is simple, and we've known that all season long. The team goes as Josh Jacobs goes. That run game's got to get going, but Waller's a weapon. Williams has been a no-show lately. He's clearly still hurt. Renfro's out, but he's not a game-changer. He's, he's, he's steady, but he's not a game-changer. But uh, that's another reason why I think that the Raiders need a dynamic quarterback. Why not add another element to John Gruden's offense? Now, if he doesn't use them correctly, then that's on him. Similar to what Dallas does with Dak Prescott. They don't use them the way they should use them. He's a guy that can make plays with his legs, and they don't do that. I think that's stupid. I, I say it on ESPN Central Texas daily. I don't know what the hell they're doing. And I can't wait till 12 o'clock today. 12 o'clock this afternoon, and depending on what time you're listening, it might already be 12 o'clock Central time. I'm ripping the Cowboys for that performance that they had on Thursday night. I am ripping them. Oh man, it's going to be hell and oh, hell in a handbag. If you want to listen, feel free to tune in. <laughs> krzi.streamon.fm, noon to 3 p.m. Central Time. Your boy will be on and I'll be talking a lot of trash about those Cowboys. Uh, I got a I got an app too. Send well, I don't have an app, but the radio station does. Sentex Sports Fan app for your iPhone. Uh, you can go to our website sentexsportsfan.com. I mean, whatever. You want to hear me rip them, you can. But getting back to your my, your point and my point they need weapons. They they absolutely do.
But a dynamic quarterback can also be a weapon. Again, going back to Mitchell Trubisky, he was a weapon all last night. He was a weapon. When things weren't always there, look what he did. He put up 31 points. The, the, the Bears put up 31 points, and they don't have a lot of wide receivers that you know. They, Cordell, Par- Cordell Patterson, he used to be a Raider. <laughs> he was a Viking, a Raider, a Patriot. I mean, he's not a real wide receiver. He's just a gadget guy that's kind of quick. You know what I mean? Or not kind of quick, he's very quick. And there's, there's not a lot of big-time receivers uh, there for, for, for the Bears. It really isn't. Allen Robinson, I mean, okay, he's okay. He's not great. You know what I mean? He's not a true number one. The Cowboys had better wide receivers than, than the Bears did. And look what happened to them. Hell, Mitchell Trubisky threw th- three touchdown passes on, uh, on Thursday night. He threw one pick, but he threw three touchdown passes. And he's not even that good, but he also ran the ball for 64 yards and a touchdown. That's an extra element. Again, that's an extra element to the offense, something that I would like to see the next Raider quarterback have. And that's why I prefer a guy like Jalen Hurts because I think he could do all that. Plus, he has the leadership skills. Plus, he has the work ethic. He could be a guy that I think that John Gruden would just, I think he would love him just because the way he is. He's a, he's a Saban discipler or a disciple of Saban, whatever you say. I don't know, however you say that. You know what I mean. He's, he takes on Nick Saban's attitude. <laughs> that makes it easier. All right, anyway, next call because, yeah, you get me too fired up here. All right, uh, and this is starting to go really long. Raider Loke, he's up next. He's fired up about this call, and, of course, it has to do with Derek Carr. He's talking about D.C. and what Raider Nation sees in him. Here he is, Raider Loke. Hey, what up, Q? How's it going? This is Raider Loke from the 626 calling you after Thursday's podcast, and I'm here to respond to Vader Raider's question about what do we see in Derek Carr. Now, I'm going to go ahead and agree with Q. You, Q. I mean, true, he is he is a fearless leader. To me, he's fearless, and he has no fear, you know. But the other reason why I give I don't want to give up on him is because he's a true captain. You know, and that may relate to what you said on Derek Carr, but, you know, every week, Obviously, when things don't go as planned, he lays an egg, but at least he comes back and wants to win and gives it 110%. Would you want that kind of Derek Carr that we have right now? Or would you rather want Derek Carr to have the personality of a Jake Culler where it seemed like when things didn't go well, you know, it seemed like he didn't care about the sport. He didn't care about the team. He didn't care about his teammates. All he wanted was that contract. You know, do you want that kind of guy with that personality? I mean, Raider Nation would, man, you know, would explode, but... You know, this is why I'm not afraid to move on from Derek Carr. I don't want to move. I mean, I, at some point in time, I would do it. I would want to move on to Derek Carr if he doesn't get it done. But let me just say this, and this is going to sound like an excuse. How many times? And I'm pretty sure everyone has heard it before. Derek Carr's in six-year career, he's had four different head coaches and five different offensive coordinators, and he's never had a true number one weapon. Yeah, we had Amari Cooper, but we all know that he kept adding the drop seeds and seemed like he just gave up on this team and Raider Nation. You know, he's never had that. And I'm going to quote Nate Burleson from the NFL Total Network, and say, and, and, and he said it himself, consistency, consistency in this league is key. You know, and it's funny, you know, somebody else on Twitter posted that, oh, Derek Carr can't get a W, all these other quarterbacks are getting it done. Well, all these other quarterbacks that are getting it done had one or the other. One, they had a top wide receiver, and like a Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, or Michael Thomas, and two, they had a top five defense, like the Patriots and like the Niners. Derek Carr has neither, and he really hasn't had neither. He's never had a top ten quarter, top ten defense, should I say? He had the number one weapon with Amari Cooper, but you, we all know what happened. I mean, I hate I hate to use that excuse, but it's the truth. I mean, at one point in time, I am going to want to move on from Derek Carr if he can't get it done. You know, he whether you like it or not, is our quarterback this season, first season in Vegas, and maybe after that, I mean, he may not be depending how he does. But 
I mean, Philip Rivers, when he came into this league, I forget the name of the coach, but he had a consistency coach. Drew Brees, he had Tom Payton. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. There's consistency when these guys have success. You know, we've had, I, I believe we have that now with John Gruden. And we all know what person came into this building to be the number one wide receiver for Derek Carr. But we, sh- I mean, after all this adversity that we faced this season with injuries and people not showing up, we're still sitting at six and six, and we could finish out ten and six. So I don't get why people are reacting over just their car. This team has not looked great, you know. Lots of good points in this call, my man. I love the passion. I really do. And you hear he's not ready to move on from DC yet. And look, the thing is, I'm not either. I'm not either. I just think that once I spoke on D.C. and laid down my plan moving forward, everyone turned that into I'm ready to move on from Derek Carr and, and, and call it quits and, and cut him. That is the farthest thing from the truth. I do not want to do that. That would be going backwards. You've got to have a guy that knows what he's doing and, and, and just kind of pave the way for the next guy. You know what I mean? That's what you got to do. You just look, Raider Nation, we got to realize who Derek Carr is. And I don't want to do this every day. I don't want to talk D.C. every single day. I'm not going to talk D.C. every single day. Uh, you see, I didn't talk in, in segment one or two. I just, you know, answered calls. <laughs> That's it. I mean, I'm really, I'm just talking about it here uh, in the calls. I'm, I'm not going to do segment on top of segment on top of segment about Derek Carr because we kind of know what, it, what we're all talking about, right? I think we're all pretty much in agreement as, at some point that there needs to be a guy behind him at some point. But we also are in agreement that we want to see the Raiders build this team up. The thing that I think a lot of people are not realizing is I'm not saying go and use your number one pick, your first pick in the first first round on a quarterback. I'm not saying use your second pick in the first round on a quarterback. I'm saying when you feel comfortable, go pull the trigger on a quarterback and get a guy that you feel comfortable with and that you think you feel comfortable with. That's what I'm saying. You have multiple picks in the draft. You can build your team. You can go get a wide receiver. You can go get a linebacker. You can go get a safety. You can go get a, a corner. I mean, you can do a lot of different things. You can get an edge rusher. There's a lot of things you can do. And, oh, by the way, you have almost $100 million in free agency money. You have almost $100 million in cap space. You can build a whole new team. There's plenty of room for building this team. It's not going to kill you that you take one draft pick, one of your picks, and use on a quarterback. It's not going to hurt you. That's the only thing I don't understand that people don't get. It's not going to stop you from building your team. It's one draft pick. When you get a quarterback, you don't use two of them. You don't use two picks on a quarterback. You use one. It only takes one pick to draft one guy. That's all I'm saying. That is probably my biggest frustration is that everyone thinks that that's going to stop the growth of a team if you go and get a quarterback at some point. It's not. It won't. At all. What if the Raiders, instead of getting... uh, I almost said Alden Smith. Arden Key last year. Instead of getting Arden Key last year, what if they had got a quarterback there? Would that have hurt the team? Hell no. Arden Key's barely even on the team. That's what I'm saying. Like, think about it. Okay, who did they not have this year? They had a bunch of picks. Is there guys that didn't make the squad? Of course. Guess what? That could have been a quarterback. That's what I'm saying. That's my biggest point. It's not going to stop the growth of a team by getting a quarterback to sit behind the current quarterback. It's not. It's not. It's just like putting depth behind any other position. It's like going and grabbing another defensive tackle. Oh, you already got uh, Jonathan Hankins, and you already got Mo Hurst, and you already got P.J. Hall. Why would you want to do that? For depth. <laughs> because guys get hurt. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of reasons why you go and make plays. One guy being drafted, and this is not directed to you, Raider Loke. This is just all of a sudden me just, uh, it's Friday and I got to let it out. 
one guy being picked with one of your draft picks is not going to stop your team from growing. It's not. It's not. And I'm out. <laughs> oh, no. Before I'm out, let me, let me go ahead and play this for you. I, I don't really have time for this. But anyway, let me play this for you. And again, I'm not comparing Derek Carr to Mitchell Trubisky, but I will let you know that a lot of fan bases are unhappy with their quarterback. It's not just, you know, some of Raider Nation or whatever. It, it's, it's not like D.C. is the only guy. Because the Bears fan base, they hate Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> so anyway, on Thursday, uh, Rich Campbell was on on uh, the radio show on ESPN Central Texas. He's from uh, the Chicago Tribune. Uh, he does some radio stuff up in Chicago as well. And I just asked him straight up, here's my question about Mitchell Trubisky and hear his answer. And just listen to his answer. And at any point in this call or in this answer, do you feel like you, you see Derek Carr? Because all of a sudden, at a little point in this call, in this answer, I mean, geez, Derek Carr's like, name popped in my head. And so that's the only reason I'm, I'm bringing it to you. But here's my question, and here's Rich's answer. Where are we right now as far as the confidence level when it does come to Mitchell Trubisky? In terms of the city, or are you talking about the team? <laughs> well, both. <laughs> the, the city is already looking for the next thing. Okay. I mean, the way Mitch has played uh, this season, particularly through the first, I want to say, 11 games, it just he just wore out uh, the, the hope, the patience that the city had for him. And this is his third season starting right now. The Bears are in the bottom three offensively. It just can't be that way. You have to have a quarterback who wins games for you, not that manages the game for you and the defense kind of does the rest or the running game does it for you. You've got to have a quarterback when you draft him second overall, when you trade up for him, that is the reason you win. And so far that for Mitch, he's been way too inconsistent. And you guys will probably see it tonight if he gets pressured. You'll see the footwork break down. You'll see his poise really be tested. Can he climb the pocket and keep his eyes up and get through his progressions? This has been a play-to-play struggle for him. And so while the team continues to insist that quarterbacks develop at their own rate, they're not all going to be Pat Mahomes, who the Bears had a chance to draft. They're not all going to be Deshaun Watson, who the Bears had a chance to draft. (laughs) That Mitch is going to go through this at his own rate, the, the the fans here are so impatient, particularly after a 12-4 and four season last year where there were legit Super Bowl expectations. And it, you guys will see it. If the Bears come out and go three and out, three and out early like they are used to doing, you'll hear the boos right away, and it'll sort of be back to that mode they were in in November. Again, totally different circumstances. Uh, a lot of different circumstances. Mitchell Trubisky was drafted number two overall. Uh, Derek Carr was drafted in the second round. You know what I mean? Uh, the Bears traded up to get him. The, the Raiders stayed right where they were to get Derek Carr. I mean, you know, Derek Carr's been in the league six years. Mitchell Trubisky's only been in the league a couple. I mean, there, there's so many different things. Again, I'm not trying to compare the two. It's just when he was giving that answer, all of a sudden, like, Derek Carr's name just flashed in my, in my mind for a quick minute. So I just wanted to share that. Anyway, now I'm out because this is really, really becoming a long segment, and it's a really, really long show, and they've pretty much been long shows all week long. So uh, let me go ahead and get into the weekend. All right. And let you go ahead and get into the weekend. I'm done preaching to you. If I, if I ever get called a preacher, it's when I'm talking sports and talking Raiders, you, you know, <laughs> it won't be religion. It won't be politics. It won't be all that other stuff. You ain't going to get me doing that. So uh, enjoy the weekend Raider nation. I believe the Raiders win the game 24, 21 on Sunday, improving their record to seven and six on the season. And the Tennessee Titans will, their record will move to seven and six as well. So uh, definitely appreciate everyone uh, all week long, all the participation, everyone who hits me up on Twitter at your boy Q two five, and of course, everyone who calls the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. Have a great day, great weekend. Enjoy the game on Sunday. We'll talk again on Monday. And as always, Raider Nation, just win, baby.